be real long, but boy, we sure have much to say. It's really, uh, really wonderful. You know what? I've, I forgot to give a blessing tonight. I'm really seeing how that the Lord is really in control of our lives and in control of our church. He, he runs the church, and we are servants, right? You know, the Bible tells us that uh, a pastor is really just a messenger and an under-shepherd. He's not Lord, amen? And so praise God for that. I, I, I just I would fall apart under uh, some of the responsibility that some pastors put on themselves. And I don't know why, but guess what? I'm not God, amen? And I, I'm glad I'm not God. And I'm not the Lord, but I watch God take care of you. I watch God answer your prayers, and I watch God take care of your families. And I watch God uh, just work a spiritual um, uh, work inside your heart. I watch that. I, uh, as part of my job as a pastor, is to watch people. We, we watch over uh, our souls, right? Uh, the Bible says, be diligent to know the state of thy flocks. Look well to thy herds. And our judgment as pastors, we're supposed to watch over your soul. So if you're, if you're spiritually um, struggling in any area, I'm praying for you, and I, and I care about you. And then when you are doing real good and you're blessed, I, lo- I like that more than anything. It's really wonderful to see God's people doing great. And I would love to see the Lord just con- 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 uh, continually give us uh, success in our church. It's really important that, that you pray for your church. Amen? So uh, we just want to gather together around the precious Word of God tonight. Uh, I want to uh, preach a message about what we are reaping and what we have sown. Uh, there's a... There's a uh, it's a law in the Bible of sowing and reaping, and it's something that nobody can get away with uh, and ignore. Whatever we sow, that's what we reap. So if we sow good things and spiritual things, we reap that. And uh, God wants us to give us our own harvest of, of, our, of our own choosing. He wants us to sow uh, what He tells us to sow so that we can reap. God doesn't need to reap. He's going to reap, but He's, he's not... He's not uh, lacking anything, and, and actually we enter into His harvest so that we can work as co-laborers with the Lord, and when the harvest is come, and, and when the harvest is taken in, we ourselves will not only be part of the harvest, but we will also be workers in the harvest. Workers in the harvest. We get to watch the reaping, but we also get to be part of the sowing and we get to see the fruit of our labor. And so I want to encourage everybody, just keep serving God no matter what happens. Don't worry about the, the, uh, the depressing things that happen in the ministry. My goodness, if we all quit because it was hard, we'd all, we'd all quit, right? If every time the, the devil uh, sowed bad seed in our field, we'd quit. If every time, if, if we just didn't have the strength to keep going, what would happen is if we, we would... Uh, We'd hinder our own harvest is what I'm saying. We have a harvest that because we've sown our lives to the Lord and we've planted seed and we keep going, uh, eventually we're going to reap. That's what the Bible says. I want to see it in the Bible? Yes, pastor, show us. All right, turn, turn, turn with me, please, to Galatians. Caught you off guard there. Everybody had a nap and a big meal and now, uh, no, <laughs> But isn't it great? Isn't it great? You can, you can really be a part of the whole operation of God. And some are not feeling like they're even worthy 
But yet you can do great things for the Lord. You don't have to be highly educated. You don't have to be skilled in just about anything. You don't have to have any special quality. All you have to do is have a desire and God could put you to work. And uh, it's not all about work, but the harvest is, is plenteous, the Bible tells us that. So Galatians chapter number 6, we'll start there. Let's pray. Have, Heavenly Father, tonight help us to sow righteousness. Help us to sow the seed of the Word of God. Help us to sow in prayer and help us to keep going and keep loving God and have a great attitude. Help us to have a good countenance and help us to be positive and uplifting and help us to work hard for Jesus Christ. Help us not to be ashamed of His precious name and His Word and His ways and His will. I pray, Lord, that You would do great things with us because You promised if, uh, if we would just not quit, we would reap in due, in due season. Lord, bless this to our hearts tonight and encourage us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at it. In Galatians chapter number 6, verse 7, it says, Be not deceived. That's an interesting thing for that to be mentioned right there because there is a deception in the world today. But he says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now, when we read the Bible, sometimes we go too fast. Re realize just this phrase, God is not mocked. Well, who would be so foolish as to try to mock God? The devil. And the devil has other people that have listened to him. Let me tell you right now, if, you're, if you have something that you want God to do and he's not doing it in your timetable and your way and your will, you better not let the devil influence you to mock God. Remember what they said to Jesus on the cross? Well, you said, he, they said he was the healer, the physician. Well, heal yourself. They said, well, he healed others. And they said, well, let him, let him come down off the cross if he's so wonderful. That's mocking. And what the devil says, oh, you've been praying for so long and God's not done that. Oh, why even bother anymore? Hold on a minute. Don't let the devil deceive you into mocking God. Amen. Believe what God says. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That, that's a promise from the Lord. You keep serving God. You keep, you keep going. You keep praying. You keep believing. And don't let the devil you know, turn your life into mockery. And uh, don't be deceived that way, it says. Look at verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh <clears throat> shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit, sowing to the Spirit. That means investing the seeds of prayer, the seeds of righteousness. You're sowing your life, right? Everybody understand you only got one time to go through this? And you spend, don't you? You spend. You just ask my bones if I've spent my life. And I don't, my bones aren't rubber anymore. They click. They do. I've spent my life. Ask those football players in the, in the professional football league. Ask them when they should retire. In their 30s. You know why? They have spent themselves. They have sown 
their their strength and their energy, and they have released all that energy. They they're literally spending themselves. And you and I, when we when we serve the Lord, we literally spend ourselves. And if you've got a job that requires you a lot of labor, put some of that in the church. Amen. Amen. Uh, put put your tithe in the church. Why? Because it represents your life. You sow that. You sow your money to the Lord. So sowing to the Spirit, invest in prayer, invest financially, invest in your spirit, invest in your energy. You spend yourself. So when we sow our lives, we spend our lives, and it says, He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. My goodness, is that not a wonderful promise? You're going to give yourself to something, right? Now, I'm not against golf. I've got to tell you, I watch a lot of it. I've been shut down for all these, all these years now. I know. It feels like years. So I've been kind of watching old tournaments. And I've noticed that I, I just, uh, I, I, there's no way I'm going to ever be a pro golfer. Number one, I'm not good enough. But if I spent eight hours a day doing it, I could still never be that good. Some of those guys have natural talent that God just gave them. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But if, if, if you look at it, you know how much of their lives they have to spend being good at something, right? And it's not to degrade them in any way. That's their livelihood. That some people just they feed their families because they can hit a ball real good. It's in any sport that they make their livelihood. There's no, there's no judgment there. But I, I have decided that there's more value in sometimes in, in, in giving my life to Jesus than trying to win a trophy. You see? Nothing wrong with winning trophies. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But, but what are you going to spend your life on? You've got to give it to the Lord. You sow to the Spirit. Now, anybody can turn their their life into sowing. If you're saved, any, any uh, vocation you've chosen, you can do that for Jesus. Amen? Everybody with me? Whatever. If, if you're working in a factory and you've got a stamp and it comes by ka-chunk, 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 if that's all a person does all day long, you know, may, maybe making chocolate like uh, Lucille Ball. <laughs> Speed it up a little. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you can do it for the Lord. So we spend our lives, we sow to the Spirit. Now let's look at verse number 9. And let us not be what? Weary. Don't be weary. Don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little, uh, uh, just something I found in this verse. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, there's a difference between uh, getting weary and being weary. You know what the difference is? When you get weary, that doesn't mean you are weary of it. In other words, you can get tired doing something, but that doesn't mean you're sick and tired of it. How many understand? If you're mixing concrete all day long, you get weary in it, you get weary because you're doing it, but you're not, you're not weary of it. Look at the verse. 
And let us not be weary in well-doing. In other words, I'm not tired of serving the Lord. I'm just tired. <laughs> right? That's what that means. I'm not weary of Jesus. I'm just weary. I'm not spending my life and, and, and throwing my life down a rat hole. I'm just spending my life. We are Christians and we are investing. Let us not be weary in well-doing, but you can be weary of it. There's nothing wrong with getting tired. Did you know what Jesus did? He took his disciples up on a mountain because they had no leisure. There's a verse in the Bible that says they had no leisure. They weren't tired of serving God. They weren't tired of healing people. They weren't tired of giving the gospel out. They were tired because they were doing it. There's a difference between that. See, you can get tired. Amen? It's all right. And you can have a time of leisure. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Take a little time off. But you won't be tired of, your, of, of the blessing. In other words, I'm not tired of God. I'm not tired of church. I'm just tired. See that? Isn't that a great thought? Let's look at it. Now, uh, second, or excuse me, John chapter number 4. Let's turn there real quickly. God doesn't want us to get weary in it or of it, but we will get weary. Now, John chapter 4 tells us that before us lies this great harvest. And sometimes you and I have, uh, have not, never even sown in some areas, but we are reaping. And we're part of this overall harvest group that, that works for God. Let's look at John chapter 4 and verse 34. Uh, it says, uh, let's see here, okay, John 34. Jesus saith uh, unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Let me ask, did Jesus ever get tired? Did he get weary? Did he need a rest? Did he get tired of his father? No. See that? He never got tired of God. Now watch, it says, say not ye, this is a question he's asking. In other words, don't you say this? Say not ye, there are yet four months and then come as harvest. See the question mark there? <laughs> it's not a command not to say it. He's asking them, don't you say this? Right? Just want to clear that up. All right. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit into life eternal. And both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Herein, and herein is that saying, true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. You see, God can use you and you can reap something that happened Years ago, when you weren't there, you can come by and you can witness to somebody and they say, yeah, you know, my mom and dad, before they passed away, they told me I ought to get back in church. And then you can come by and you can say, you know, we've got a great church. Would you like to come? And he says, you know what? My mom and dad told me I ought to do this or some words to that effect. So we can enter in. Now, let me, let me show you something. Everybody look up here because we're getting tired already. Um, I'm going to start passing out coffee. All right, look at look up here. Everybody's amen. 
Grape juice, nothing, man. We're having Starbucks for communion. All right, so just, just joking. Don't get, don't get. That's just a joke. And it's not funny. All right. It's, it's not a bad idea. Uh, it's the fruit of the vine, the coffee bean vine, okay? All right. Now, don't get mad. Don't get mad. We're not going to do that. All right. Now, let me get back to my mind. I have lost it. All right. There's a farmer. Do you know, what, what farmer do you know that before he gets his tractor back to the barn, he's already reaped a harvest of the, of the seed that he sowed in his field? Not a one. The word of God, the gospel, is the only seed that you can sow and reap immediate harvest. An immediate, before you get back in your car, before you get home, you could already be reaping the seed that you sow. If the, if the word of God is the sower, the Bible, or the seed, the Bible says a sower went forth to sow. Some seed fell on good ground. You know the parable, right? The birds came, the sun scorched it, and then some just rooted for a little while, and, and they, because they didn't have root, they, they blew away. But some seed fell on good ground. That's what God's talking about. So this is the only, the only thing, the only miraculous seed that can have a harvest right away, the minute you sow it, somebody can, uh, you can reap, uh, actually, and I've had it happen many times, where somebody uh, heard the word of God. In fact, the very first person that I ever uh, had come down the altar to, to pray, it was, a, uh, it was in the, uh, the, the Jacksonville Rescue Mission. Now, how many understand, if you're in a rescue mission, sometimes things aren't going that well for you. Amen? All right. So here he comes down the aisle, and he, he uh, knelt at the altar, and everybody left, and he was sitting there, and I, and I got my Bible out, and I, pray, I prayed, Lord, help me. And I said, uh, sir, can I help you? What, what did you come forward for? What, what do you need? He says, well, I heard the message, and I, I think I need to get saved. I think I need Jesus to come in my heart. I said, can I pray with you, and would you pray with me? Can I show you how to pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart? And he said, please. And so I led this fellow to the Lord, and he got saved. I mean, that was, the, that was immediate reaping of an immediate sowing of the immediate seed, and that's the only seed that works that way. It takes a long time to get knee high by the 4th of July. Everybody understand what that's corn. That's corny talk. It's a corny joke. All right, enough of that. You guys aren't, you're, you're just not with me tonight. Second Se- Corinthians, turn there. <laughs> Knee high by the 4th of July. But isn't that wonderful that you, you have the power of God in your hand, the Bible, or in your heart. You can sow the seed and, and have an immediate reaping of a harvest and fruit to your account. That's, there's no other seed in the world that does that. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Remember that if we don't sow uh, bountifully, we, we will not reap bountifully. What we do is we, we sow our lives, and here it is. If you only serve God just a little bit, then that's all you should expect. God, God is fair. Amen. 
By the way, we don't believe in communism in the Bible either. We believe every man, his own reward, according to his own labor, his, him and his God and the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to be fair and he's going to judge and he's going to pass out these wonderful rewards and uh, he's going to give us wonderful, fantastic rewards that are general for everyone. By the way, if you're saved, you do get to go to heaven. You say, that's all I want. That's fine. That's pretty good. But I want more than that. You say, you want more than heaven? What do you want? Heaven, heaven number two? No, no. I'm going to be real happy in heaven. But I don't want to sit down and do nothing all my life. I want something. I want my life to count for something. And I want to encourage other people. Win somebody to Christ. Give the gospel to somebody. I don't care if it's one person. When they get to uh, Jana, where's Jana? Hey, Jana. Jana, do you remember you and I got in a car one day and we just about quit, didn't we? We went down south by exit 246. I was working the whole shore of uh, Lake, uh, Lake uh, Samish. And my goal was to hit every house on that whole entire shore. So I was working and knocking doors and talking to folks at this trailer park because that's where the exit was. And I ran in uh, to this, this uh, street there, and it was time to go, and I didn't want to go. And Jana and I were uh, partners that night, and so we took off. And I said, you know, it's kind of rainy, and it's dark, and you, you want to just head home? And, and I said, no, 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 let's, keep, let's just go. So it was almost to the point where I turned around and went home. That's easy to do, by the way. It really is, and, and I, don't, I don't judge anybody that does that. But I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we didn't. We knocked on a trailer, and this poor man came to the door, and he had been praying that God would uh, send somebody to him somehow to explain the Bible to him. And Jana and I walked into the uh, room. He had curtains and uh, blankets for partitions in his trailer because he didn't have enough uh, money to keep himself warm. And it was a very, very disheveled, kind of a messy place. He was this, uh, a, a man that was, he had a terrible uh, uh, past, and it was just heartbreaking. He'd been divorced. And so he's living alone. He had uh, fibromyalgia and another, a couple of uh, different illnesses, and he was just depressed. But you should have seen what happened when we walked into his trailer. He said, come on up here. I want to talk to you guys. You say, I'd never do that. But it was time. And there was no fear. The Lord said, just go ahead. This, this. He had the countenance. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, spooky. It wasn't scary. It was dark. And, and by the way, I had protection. I had Jana with me that night. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all I have to do is run faster than she can. But, <laughs> oh, you're so cruel. But so we went inside, and we got to talk to Ray Barnes. Ray Barnes got saved that night, and tears was uh, coming down his cheeks, and he was thanking us for coming because nobody cared about him. He, uh, he, he had a family, but they weren't checking up on him. And it was just so sweet, and I was so glad we didn't turn around and come back home. So he started to come to church, and I got to baptize him at the old freeway church when we were there for a while in, in the trough, you know, the, the, the stock tank. I painted it blue to make it look like it was nice, cool, clean water. But he got baptized, and he joined the church. 
And later on, he got sick, had to go live with his son in Renton, and he he passed away years ago. But you know what? That's fruit, and I got to lead him to the Lord. You say, are you claiming that? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I'm saying I got to do that. And if I'd have quit, I wouldn't reap. I'd say keep serving God, amen? You say, well, I, I don't lead many people to the Lord. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad you said that. How about a cup of water in the name of the Lord? Say, you mean a cup of water? Yeah. Jesus said, if you you give a cup of water in his name, you will not lose your reward. I'm talking about sowing your life for the Lord. I'm talking about doing something. Pray for somebody. See, so we spend our lives, don't we? And if you say, well, I'm not really important. Yes, you are. I don't do very many things important. Yes, you do. There's not, there's not a person in God's army, in God's family, that's not important. You can do things I cannot do. And I, I might do some things you can't do, but listen, uh, sow the seed of, uh, to the Spirit. Sow to the Spirit. Look at this now. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. So there, it's fair, isn't it? If somebody doesn't serve God, they shouldn't expect a whole lot. If they're saved, they should go and say, praise God, I'm on my way to glory. I, I have Jesus as my Savior. I'm not diminishing any of that. But what about that person that stays in church? What about that person that goes to the mission field? What about the person that does give a little bit? What about the person that does paint the church and, and pull weeds and do things? What, what about the person that does clean the toilet? What about those people that do spend their lives for Jesus? What about the people that come in and say, uh, we're, gonna, we're missionaries to such and such a field? Well, what about those people that say uh, they look both ways and, and they don't want recognition, but they just slip a little bit of money to the missionary? That's sowing seeds of righteousness. That's doing good things. And, and you will not lose your reward. But it says, now, if we do this sparingly, stingily, if you will, and you hold back, then don't expect the same rewards as somebody that gives it all and does something wonderful with their life. It says, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully, isn't that a pretty word, bountifully, shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So God's, God's the one that dreamed this up. He's the one that said that I would like you to sow. Now it's up to you how much you want, but remember... If you sow bountifully, I will also let you reap bountifully. Same thing. Same thing with uh, the facts of life out there in the field, the farmers sowing. And some of them, man, they sow the whole field, just acres and acres and acres. What if that guy said, I'm tired. I'll just sow. How about just one row this year? Well, that's all he gets, right? That's all he's going to have. But if he sows bountifully he'll have a bountiful harvest so that it is really the way with with our world now in in due season the bible says we will reap if we faint not in galatians uh, 6 9 so 
I, I just, <coughs> I was uh, driving through Linden yesterday. We were getting ice cream um, at Edeline's. And we were going through downtown, you know, Front Street in Linden. And one day I counted, there's 95 or 96 oak trees down there. And they were all planted at some time. You, they don't grow like that normally. Did you know that? In a row, staggered neatly in, in, in a line. Along. That didn't happen accidentally. Did you know that? Somebody took those little teeny trees and they planted them. I don't know when they did it. Maybe in the 1800s. I don't know the history, but I know that they didn't just accidentally get there. Linda's not that, not that wonderful. Somebody actually planted those trees. That just, just didn't pop up out of nothing. And then I heard there's a, there's a walnut tree down by Phoebe Judson's statue down, and I guess she planted that one. And look at that thing, it's huge. Uh, I, just, I just love the fact that while we sow and you keep sowing, one day you will reap. Remember that. It's a law of God. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Psalm 126, would you turn there? You say, I don't want to ever feel bad. Well, you might not get blessed then. I don't ever want to go through a problem. Well, you might not reap after that. You say, I don't want hardship. Okay, uh, but what about the people that say, I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how many tears I shed. I don't care how hard my life becomes. I don't care who I, what deprivation I have to have. I don't care where I have to go or what I have to do. I want to serve God. I don't care what I have to eat within reason. And I, I, I don't, I just, I don't care. I, there's nothing I care about. God, just lead me whatever you want. That's a good thing to have, right? It's wonderful. But if you don't want tears, you might not reap in the joy. Look at, look at uh, Psalm 126. It says, in verse number five, he says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. That's amazing, isn't it? Our country doesn't want anybody to go through any problem at all. We don't want anything said about us or to us that would be hurtful. We are all snowflakes. We are all buttercups. And I want a participation trophy. That's what the world's teaching us. Oh, well, wait a minute. I don't care what anybody says about me. I don't care what I have to go through. Jesus was mocked, ridiculed, spat upon. Aren't you glad he didn't care either? Really? Aren't you glad? He went through all that for us. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious, what? Seed talking about sowing and reaping, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Can I tell you a little story tonight and just be transparent? I'm not trying to embarrass myself, but I've got to tell you. I've, I've, been, uh, the, I've been remembering lately, uh, when I was in college, I, I went through a real deep valley. I had to grow up a little bit. I had, I had to get some counseling. I mean, I had to really shake off some of the stuff that I grew up with. It took four hours in my bedroom with one of the most wonderful men in my life that counseled me 
His name is Brother Schaefer. He spent four hours after hours. Instead of going home, he went over to the men's dormitory. He uh, shut the door, and he counseled me for four hours. I had been going through some deep valley. I didn't even know what was wrong with me. By the way, you don't grow up perfect, do you? Wait, am I the only one? That, <laughs> you know, we, we, we are related to Adam, and he is a sinner. We do have the old nature, right? Well, I had no idea how to serve God. I had no idea how to treat people. I was rough. I was, I was strict. I, I would just, I thought, I thought, honestly, I thought really, uh, you, you, you have to treat everybody like an, a Navy chief, a drill sergeant in boot camp. I thought, no, nah, I like that. Well, that's just because I needed that. I had no boundaries in my life. I had no, no direction. So when God put me in the military, he's, he said, now I'm going to give you some direction. And I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you when to get up. I'm going to tell you what to eat. I'm going to tell you what soap to use when you shower. I'm going to tell you where to, what to say and how to salute. And I'm going to tell you what, how, to, how to make your bed finally and uh, fold your dumb clothes finally. And when, you, when I get done with you, you're, you're going to have some direction, my friend. Oh, I just loved it. For the first time in my life, I was actually comfortable in, in, the, um, in the rigorous role of strict military uh, etiquette and all that. I loved it. I thrived on it because I needed it. Well, then I took that to college and I started treating everybody. I thought everybody needed it. Stand at attention. Clean up your room. Quit whining. Get your hair cut. Stuff like that, you know. So they said, oh, well, you need to be a dorm supervisor then. <clears throat> sure. Well, that only lasts in the dormitory. But when you get out into the real world, how many say you can't treat people like that? Please say amen. amen. Unless you need it. <laughs> I don't think any of us need that tonight. Amen? But I, I, I found myself, before I talked with him, I found myself wandering in, uh, at night and crying and walking down the street and praying, the Lord, what's wrong with my life? That Nothing's going real well. I, I was spiritually, I needed help. And I'm glad that he spent four hours with me, talking with me, telling me, here's what's wrong. Here's how to fix it. Here's what we do. I thank God for that. He, he just changed my life, and I give God all the credit for it. I really do. The Lord. So aren't you glad that now that people sow in your life, but I realized that if I was scared of tears, and if I didn't want to have any crying and any heartbreak, I probably wouldn't be able to serve God uh, as much as I get to now. I'm not running from problems. I'm not running from difficulty. I'm not running away from tears. Just, it, it's, just a, a, it's a process in the Bible that says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Uh, they, uh, he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Boy, let's, let's serve God. Let's, uh, let's not sow to the wind. Remember in, uh, in Hosea, he said, you sow to the wind, you're going to reap a whirlwind. These people out there that are sowing discord among the brethren, and they're sowing hate and discord, and they're throwing bricks and beating people up, and they're, they're swearing and cussing at police officers 
and they're just vicious, violent people against authority, they're, they're sowing wind right now. And let me tell you, they're going to reap the whirlwind. God doesn't need a police to judge people. He can do it all by himself. God doesn't need, God doesn't need Governor Inslee. God doesn't need that Jenny Durkin down there, the mayor of Seattle. God can judge all that without any help at all. He can take care of that problem. And those people that are sowing discord and, and, and strife and violence, and boy, you know, they want to sow their wild oats, boy, and then they pray for a crop failure. But if you sow wild oats, you're going to get oats. If you sow problems, you're going to get problems. If it, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And then he tells us, sow to the Spirit. So in prayer, so so in your uh, life, and and give your life to the Lord because you reap bountifully. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Let's go to uh, Leviticus, Leviticus twenty six. We're going to come down to the end, and I want you to see this. Leviticus down in the Old Testament. Back in what they call the Pentateuch. Uh, that's the first five books of the Bible. The law. Moses' law. Back when they were talking to the, uh, the, the Levites, Leviticus, Le- Leviticus, that's where that comes from, the, the tribe of Levi. They were in charge of the Lord's house. Look down there in chapter 26 in verse number 16. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to prophesy problems in America. That's not what I'm all about. But I do see God's judging hand in the Bible. And you will too. Look at verse 16. He says, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you, what? Terror. There's a lot about that today, isn't it, in the news? Where's all that coming from? People are reaping what they've been sowing. Why do we have a generation that doesn't want to serve God? Because we're reaping what we're sowing. As a nation, we're reaping what we've been sowing. That's why I'm going to vote for somebody that I think would love love our country. I'm going to try my best this year. I'm going to try my best to give my say about people that I think are going to do good. That's how you ought to vote. You vote your conscience. But you ought to pick somebody that if, if one person doesn't love God and the other person does, I want to recommend to you, you do better off voting for somebody that loves God. Is that right? Uh, I have a name if you want one. But anyway, it says, it says, I will appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning og that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And ye shall sow your seed in vain, and your enemy shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you (laughs) shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. I'd say, I'm going to keep serving God. Amen? Now, you young people, I want you to know something. Look up here if if you're under 25. No, no, under 60. You young people, 
You just keep serving God, and don't you, don't you uh, dip your colors for anybody. Don't dip your colors. You serve God all the way. God will reward you. You give God your heart. You serve God. You, you invest your life in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will reap. You'll reap righteousness. You'll reap a good family. You're going to reap happiness. You won't have sorrow of heart. You won't have terror over you all the time. And your enemies won't eat your food. You're going you're gonna to be well fed. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's worth it. And you know what? I want to encourage you to keep sowing your life to Jesus. Now, one more, uh, Psalm 92, and we'll be done. Uh, aren't you glad I got done early tonight? Did somebody say amen to that? That's a rhetorical question that you need not answer. All right, Psalm 92. Look at verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Edeline, here we come. <laughs> to show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Isn't it great to serve God? You keep serving and sowing and serving and sowing and serving and sowing. You're going to reap a harvest that you never dreamed possible. Jesus said even to pastors of small churches like ours, he said, you've been faithful over very little. Enter into the joy. Well done, now good and faithful servant. Uh, I, you've been faithful over little. I'll give you a lot. Listen, it's not just the rewards. It's the fact that, that there's a lot of joy in serving God. And the time goes by too fast for us not to serve the Lord. Get in your Bible. Get on your knees. And say something about Jesus to somebody. Invite somebody to church. And keep, keep your life right close to the, the feet of Jesus. And you'll flourish. You will flourish. Be not, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap. If we faint not, let's bow our heads for prayer. I'm counting on the promise of God. And I know that if he's blessed others because of their faithfulness, he'll bless you and I. We will re reap a great reward when we, when we come to the day. And when those uh, jewels are made up and we makes up those crowns, he puts them on your head and he tells you that, your sins have been forgiven, but what you've done for Christ is, is going to be rewarded. What a day that'll be. What a day that will be. A few tears are worth it. A little pain in the neck and the back is worth it. A little uh, suffering is worth it. It's all worth it.